This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So I'm recently talking to a friend of mine, and he tells me that he's going out, he's buying himself a new camera, he really wants to become a photographer, and he's interested in taking some pictures of his kids, of events, of different things, he wants to become a photographer. So this guy has a little bit of money, he goes out, and he buys himself a $2,000 camera. Camera with a lens, with the whole Mishigas. And we're talking, you know, after like a week or two of him using this camera, puttering around the house, taking pictures of everything. And I was talking to him and I said, how's it going with your new camera? He's like, I love it. It's amazing. I'm taking all these amazing pictures and it's great. And there's a person standing not far from us who happens to be a very well-known photographer. And he says, oh, did I hear you talking about photography? So he says, yeah, I got myself this great camera, an amazing camera, DSLR, blah, 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 all these amazing things. So the photographer turns to him and says, oh, did you learn all about like aperture and ISO and shutter speed and all these other things? And the guy looks at him, he's like, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. So he's like, you know, aperture, shutter speed, ISO, lighting, all the, like, did you learn about all this stuff? Like, did you take a course? Did you look online? Like, do you know how to use these things at all? The guy's like, ah, like, what's the big deal? Like, I, I look around, my kids, I take pictures, and, and everything's good, you know? I put it online, I put it on on my computer. ISO, shutters, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I got a camera, it's a cool camera, it works, that's it, I'm, I'm using my camera. So it reminded me of a different story. There's somebody I know, he marries into a very, very wealthy family. Extremely wealthy family. And he gets married, and he notices that when they go out to restaurants, money, money is like not even, not even a consideration. They order some of this, some of that, bottle of wine, another bottle of wine, a bottle of this. Money is just like not even an option. And they're spending money, and they would go on and spend a thousand, two thousand dollars on a dinner for just a couple of people. So after he's married a few months, he turns to his brother-in-law who's spending Big, big bucks every time they go out. And he says to him, you know, he says, Moishi, listen, I, I have to tell you something. You know, I'm the Tika Kiminer. I'm the new guy in the family. And I notice that when we go out to eat, you know, we spend tons of money. And, and I know it's not about the money. He's like, but like, there's something that's bothering me. So he's like, like, what is it? Like, you feel like it's Baltashvist? Like, we should tone things? He's like, no, no. We could spend the money. The money's not the issue. He's like, but what's bothering me is that you guys don't know how to eat right. They're like, what are you talking about? We don't know how to eat right. We go to five-star restaurants. Like, we we don't go pick out anything that's not handmade. He's like, no, no, no. You guys don't know how to eat right. And in order to explain this idea, I want to tell you probably the most amazing story that you probably ever heard in your entire life. Ripkoinimus Kalman of Warsaw. He brings down in a safer. Now, I saw this story brought down um, by in a book called Trust Me by Rabbi Eliezer Parkoff. And the, the story, when I saw the story, just like totally blew my mind because it, it's such a correlation between so many different elements in our lives. And he brings down from Reclinimus Kalman of Warsaw, who I believe is the author of the eight of Ish Kodesh. And he says the story as follows. And he doesn't say if the story is a mushal or if it's an actual story. So let's just assume that this is a mushal. But let's let's understand the story. He says like this. He says there was a man, a tailor, during World War I who was extremely, extremely poor. Poor tailor. And he used to sit right outside the train station. Where, so when people would come off the train, 
this person, he was like a tailor, or maybe a shoemaker. He would say like, oh, let me fix the buttons on your jacket, or let me, you know, take care of your shoes. He had a very low job, and he made extremely little money. And he was like eking his way through life, but this man was full of simcha. Now, this book called Trust Me is a, a fantastic book, which deals with, with emuna and bitachan, and it, it's just a fantastic understanding of a relationship between a person and Hashem. And he brings in this book that this person, this tailor or the shoemaker, whatever he was, had this amazing relationship with Hashem to the point where he was known throughout the region as the ta- the tailor or the shoemaker who was this big tzaddik and he would go into the forest. And in the forest he used to talk to Hashem and he would sing songs to Hashem. And even the Goyim used to know, oh, there goes that guy who has nothing to himself, but he's just full of simcha, this amazing Amazing relationship with Hashem. Comes World War I. The war breaks out and all the trains stop. And this man's living in Eretz Yisrael and everything across the world came to a screeching halt. And everyone is focused on the war effort. His business, which was already in the dumps, goes completely south. There's no business. Nobody's coming off trains, nobody's traveling, nobody's going around. And he simply has no food no money, and they're slowly going through their meager possessions, selling them off to try to stay alive. It comes the day where they literally have not eaten in a couple of days. His children are starving to death. His wife is starving to death. And he is sitting there with his last ounces of strength. And his wife turns to him. And she says to him, Yasa, you have this amazing relationship with Hashem. Why don't you go out and daven to the Rabbani Shalom that something can happen to our matzah here that will change it around. Because this is crazy. We're all going to die of starvation, of hunger. You need to go out and daven to Hashem. So he says, sure, no problem. He goes out into the woods and he goes out and he starts davening to Hashem. And he says to Hashem, Master of the world, we're your children. How can you abandon us? We need you. We love you. You're the Kol Yachol. You could do anything. Please, Hashem, do something. Send uh, Yeshua right away because your children not just me all of Kala Yisrael we need you and look at the world it's in such upheaval please Hashem do something and with that he faints and he passes out he has no more Kayach he davened and he passes out a few minutes later he opens his eyes and he sees laying next to him a flower a rose maybe a flower and this flower is giving off this incredible smell. And he looks at this flower and he holds it in his hand. And he says, wow, this is some special flower. Let me see if I could use this flower to change my matzav. And he's smelling this flower and he's like, wow, I never smelt such an incredible flower. And he takes this flower and he starts walking back to his village. And as he's walking back to his village, a stagecoach pulls up right next to him. And there's this businessman who, who comes out of the stagecoach and turns to him and says to him, Hey, you with the flower, what can I give you for that flower? Name your price. I'll give you $1,000, $10,000, whatever you want. I want that flower back. And the man turns to him and says, Listen, it's late at night. I haven't eaten anything. Money is really not worth anything to me right now. But if you have some food, I'll give you this flower. And the guy says, food? I have food. He goes ahead, pulls out a few 
boxes, some loaves of bread. He says, here's some loaves of bread. Is this good enough? Yeah, great. They make the exchange. And a guy takes the flour, gives it to the businessman. The businessman gives him the loaves and he's back, comes home. And he's so happy. And he says to his wife, Cyril, you can't imagine what happened today. I went out and I dove into Hashem and he sent me this flour. And this flour, I gave it to this businessman. And this businessman gave me bread. And now our family will survive for another few days. And his wife is filled with simcha. And she's like, wow, you're such a great, amazing husband. Such a special individual. So happy I'm married to you. Wonderful. He goes to sleep. And in his sleep, he has a dream. His father comes in a dream. And his father is very very mad. And he says to his father, why are you so upset? And his father says to him, you do not understand what just happened in Shemayim. He says, when you went into the forest and started davening, there was a tremendous upheaval in Shemayim. Your tefillah was the most incredible tefillah and Hashem loves your tefillahs. And when you started davening, and it wasn't just about you, it was about Gans Klal Yisrael, Hashem said, I'm going to put into motion the wheels that are going to bring about Mashiach. And who is going to be the person to do it? This poor tailor, this shoemaker, he's going to be the one who's going to set the wheels of Mashiach in motion. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to send him a rose of Mashiach, of Tchias Hamesim. He could take this rose and he could go around and he could wake up the Avis and he could wake up Moshe Rabbeinu and he could bring back the generations that have been long gone and together they will march on Yerushalayim and he will bring back Mashiach. Tchias HaMesim will happen and this will be the catalyst for Mashiach coming and the Bayashlishi being built. And the Malchamavas, the Satan, got very scared. And he turned to Hashem and he said to Hashem, can I trust this person? Can you trust this person to go about on his mission? Or do you think that maybe he's not going to recognize the kayach that he has in his hand? And Hashem says, you, Satan, go test him. So he says, the father to the son, as you're walking back to the village, literally holding the rose of Tchiyas HaMesim in your hand, a stagecoach pulls up. And in the stagecoach is one of the agents of the Satan. And he tested you. And he said to you, Will you give me the rose of Tchias HaMesim in exchange for some loaves of bread? Will you be happy if you survive for just another couple days? And you made the deal. You made a deal with the devil. And what happened there is that in Shemayim you handed back the rose of Tchias HaMesim to the Satan. And now, it's lost. And this man was completely devastated. This person I know who married into this very wealthy family, he turns to his brother-in-law and he says to him, I'm not upset that we're spending a lot of money. I'm not. We have money. This family has more money than we ever know what to do with. He says, but what I am upset about is that there's a concept called an intermezzo. And his brother was like, what is an intermezzo? 
He's like an intermezzo is a small amount of food that you serve before a certain dish in order to get your taste buds fired up for the next course. He's like, and do you know why they serve steak wine? They serve steak wine because the steak wine is supposed to clean your palate so that each taste that you have of the steak tastes as good as the first taste so that your taste buds are not covered over with the original food that you started eating. So he turns to his brother-in-law, he's like, I don't mind that you're spending the money. You just don't know how to eat the food. You don't know what you're doing. You're ordering a $200 steak, and you're ordering a $300 bottle of wine, and you're just guzzling it down. You're not letting the wine ear out. You're not putting it in a decanter. You're not, you're not ordering the right wine with the right dishes. You're ordering a fish wine with the steak. You don't know what you're doing. You have this incredible power and you don't know what you're doing. And my photographer friend turns to the other friend who buys this $2,000 camera and he says to him, you idiot! You idiot! You're standing here with a $2,000 camera! You, 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 you don't know what aperture is! You don't know what ISO is! You don't know shutter speed! You don't know the relationship between these important ideas! You have such incredible power in your hand! And you're throwing it away? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're wasting. Don't you understand what you're throwing away? You have this powerful idea and you're just snapping pictures of your kids? You think you're taking a picture but you don't watch online or go to a course to understand that you need to adjust some of the settings in order to maximize what you actually have in front of you. You go to a $500 a plate restaurant and you spend... with two couples. And you're just guzzling things down without a cheshben. Stop! It's a waste. Don't you understand the kayak you have in your hand? Marriage is the rose of Tchias Hamesim. Adam Harishain, we know, it wasn't good when he was alone. Then he gets married, and we're told that every person until you get married... You're not called Adam. You're not a person. You get married. There's this incredible power in your hand. A woman is an Azer Keneg at her husband. And every time I sit with couples, I say to her wife, what does that mean? What does that mean? What is your job as a wife? You're, well, I'm the Azer Keneg. What does that mean? What is your job? Is your job to be the wingman? You go to Dave and Buster's. That's your job to like, he needs somebody to be with him. That's your job? Come on! We have such incredible power! We're holding the magic wand that could do anything! And we're, we're, we're throwing it away. We're cheapening it. We're not recognizing what we have. In MarriagePro.co, we're so focused on the goals of a husband, the goals of a wife, their interactions, what, how to maximize this relationship. Because if you don't know it, then you're literally sitting with the most important decision you ever made in your entire life, and you're sitting there and you're just pouring it out the window. You're taking a thousand dollar bottle of wine and you're just emptying it down the sink. You don't understand what the kayak that it has. It's, you're buying a two thousand dollar camera or a fifty thousand dollar camera. And you don't understand shutter speed and ISO and aperture and lighting and, and, if you don't get it, it's a chaval. It's a waste. You don't understand the kayak that you have in your hand. 
And this is something which every person who's married, and not just married, but you're dating also. You're dating. We have this amazing seminar called Date Like a Pro. Date Like a Pro, we ask every person, did you walk in to the last date with a plan, with questions? Do you understand what your job, what you're trying to build? You're going on a job interview essentially for the most important job ever. The most important job that you will ever get. And you don't have questions ready to go. You don't understand the marriage you're trying to build. It's a chaval. We need to understand the incredible power of marriage. And how it can transform us as individuals. And take something that's loitive and make it taive. Taive ma'id. Amazing. And when a woman has to understand her job as an Ezer connected, what does that mean? What is my job as a wife? It just means that I'm supposed to be making challah on Arab Shabbos. Supposed to be, I'm supposed to be raising the children. What else is there that we need to discover together? Because when we're able to do that, then we could really maximize our relationships. And if we can't, then we're literally taking the rose of Tchias HaMesim. We're selling it for a few pennies. We're selling it for a few loaves of bread. We're literally taking a wife for bread, for challah for Shabbos which we could have bought in a bakery where it might have, might have been even a little better from there. We're taking the most important decision of our lives and we are selling ourselves short. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.